This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton Global Youth Program. Hello, and welcome to Future of the Business World. I'm Diana Drake with the Wharton Global Youth Program at the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania. Each month on Future of the Business World, we meet enterprising young entrepreneurs from around the world and discuss their innovative ideas and inspirations. And we learn a lot about business and finance along the way. I'm excited today to speak with Deshaun Sheffield, a junior at North Star Academy Washington Park High School in Newark, New Jersey. Deshaun, welcome to Future of the Business World. Great to be here. Deshaun has discovered his entrepreneurial spirit in the past year and has been letting it run wild, you might say, as he embraces student leadership and helps guide other high school students towards success. We're going to talk about education equity, mental wellness, and more. So let's get started. Tell us about yourself. Good afternoon. My name is Deshaun Sheffield. I'm 17 years old. I live in North New Jersey. I'm currently a junior at North Star Washington Park High School, and I'm also an avid tennis, badminton, and volleyball player. And you're also an entrepreneur. So let's get into that. Last year, you took second place in the Educational Equity Challenge of the National Foundation for Teaching Entrepreneurship World Series of Innovation. Your winning idea is an initiative called EduMatch, a mentorship program, which actually helps low-income and first-generation students navigate the college application process. Can you tell us what led to that idea? What was the inspiration for it? I first got the idea when I was 12, and I was living in Georgia at the time. Um, I had an older friend who was a senior in high school, and you know he was one of my role models primarily because he had good grades, and you know he was like the such an overachiever. He was like, you know, one of the top students of his school and things like that. And I really took note of that. And um, I know I'm going to sound like I'm going on a bit of a tangent and I'm sorry, but like, I'd like to mention this memory of us too. And we're sitting on the swings at the park around the corner from our house because we lived close to each other and we were at the swings. I could see that he was sad. And so I turned to him and I'm asking, you know, what's wrong? Like, why are you sad? And he told me that he felt like a failure because, you know, he worked so hard throughout school only to not know how to even apply to college. And, you know, at the time, I just told him it would be all right because I didn't know what to do because you had to keep in mind I was also 12 at the time. So I had no idea what the college process was even like, never the last high school. So I saw him a couple of years later and he was working at a job that wasn't really the greatest. And when I was writing in my journal like two years ago, back in 2020, when I was brainstorming ideas, that exact memory came to mind. And while that was a main source of inspiration for me, I also took into account into the things like you said, like the aforementioned disproportionate rates of college enrollment between low-income minority students and the more wealthier, you know, typically white counterparts. And I felt as if there weren't many businesses that were tailored towards fixing that. Interesting. Yeah. So I love that you have a personal connection and a personal story that really drove you to want to do more about this. Can you talk a little bit more about some of those other things, the lack of college enrollment from low-income students and also the gaps in critical information to help students make informed decisions? These really prompted you to want to do more when you looked into the data, right? Well, yes, I was looking at this data from, I believe it was Ad Council, and it was talking about how low-income schools typically have a very, very bad ratio of like student to college counselor ratio. Like for instance, when I was conducting research myself, I asked one of the college counselors at my school, I was like, you know, I got a whole bunch of research about how the data is like very skewed and it's just so unbalanced and disproportionate. And she was like, oh, well, 
you know, when I worked at a public school, I was helping at least like 500 to 600 students. I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of bad because, you know, you're not able to give them the type of attention that they need, especially because this is a very critical moment for seniors as they're going to the next stage in their life and they need that type of guidance. So when she told me that, I took that along with the personal connection I have. And then, you know, like I said, I also have a journal where like I write down ideas that just come to my mind because, you know, I'm, I'd be in a rush to hurry up and just get them out because if I get them out, then I could keep them in my journal because if I don't write it down, then I'm going to end up forgetting. And so I was just writing down keynotes, you know, little bullet points and things like that. And as I was working on Edumatch itself, you know, I took that as a reference. How does Edumatch actually work? Edumatch is an online platform, you know, where the high school seniors who are known as applicants are matched with undergraduate students at different types of universities known as mentors. And the mentors serve as volunteer college counselors throughout the course of the student's application process. Like, for instance, the mentors work one-on-one with applicants on the website to navigate the college application process on things like where and when to apply to college, how to write a compelling admission statement, how to fill out the FAFSA, and, you know, so many more of the services. And actually, the competition you won rewards innovative ideas, right? But you've actually moved forward on implementing EduMatch. How has it taken shape? And can you give us an example or two of how you've provided support and mentoring to other students? Mm -hmm. Of course, I'd be more than happy to. So after and even during the course of the competition, you know, even though I wasn't sure if EduMatch was going to win, I was still determined to you know, actually implement it myself. So I collaborated with some colleagues and some peers of mine to design the online program. I didn't want to put myself out there on a grand scale because this is basically like a startup per se. So I wanted to start small. So I recruited about 25 students from public high school around where I live at and 25 students from community college. And this first started around May. And actually over the summer, we experienced great results. The students learned from an in-depth curriculum that covered all the facets of learning about the college application process. And some already applied to you know, they already applied to colleges and they got in. And when I found out, I was dope beyond my imagination. It was a surreal moment that something I came up with was actually being beneficial in helping these kids who didn't receive that amount of help in their own school. So I take a lot of pride in that. And in terms of providing support and mentoring to other students, um, for instance, at my school, I'm a peer tutor. So, you know, I tutor other students. I tutor about three or four other students, which I've been doing since sophomore year. I co-founded the program back in 2019, which is a student-led initiative that aims to provide leadership training and resources that would allow and inspire students to advocate for issues that they are passionate about. And I'm currently in the process of attempting to form a diversity, equity, and inclusion committee within my school and another school as well. Wow. So you are up to so many different things, and it sounds like they're all kind of helping to support the new ideas that you have. I want to go back a minute, though, to EduMatch and the fact that you feel the impact that you're making on other students. Do you have maybe one example of where you saw a light bulb moment with a student um, understanding the college process? What were some of the areas that you felt were really most useful and helpful as you were teaching them about admissions and about all of the steps that they needed to take? Actually, I have a perfect example. So one of the students that I was helping teaching 
she did not know how to write a personal statement. So basically what we do, we have them do like a pre-draft. Well, like, I don't want to say pre-draft, like a rough draft of, you know, just getting an idea of where they're at. And then we also do like towards the end of the program, like we have them do another job, you know, just to like keep mark of their improvement and things like that. And when I first saw her statement with the rough draft, it was, it wasn't really good. You know, I'm sorry, but it wasn't really good. Um, there were a lot of errors, a lot of issues, a lot of things that needed to be fixed. But, you know, towards the fifth meeting I had with her myself, because, you know, they work with their mentors and then they have a meeting with me. So that way I can keep track of their progress myself and I can track with them along their journey throughout their college application journey. And towards the fifth meeting, I was seeing, I was going over her draft with her and I could just see the improvement so much and you could just feel the radiation of her pride because she was very proud of herself and she should be because she came from a very far place compared to where she was at first. So just the feeling that she was proud of herself and she felt accomplished, that that was a good feeling. And that is something I think I'll cherish for the rest of my life. Amazing. So what is the very essence of the impact EduMatch can potentially have, do you think? Why do you feel it's a powerful idea in helping to drive racial equity across education? I feel like it's a drive towards racial equity and higher education, in order, mainly because I feel like each student should be ensured that whatever they receive is going to help them be successful. You know, like maybe this is a bit of a stretch like in terms of higher education, things like re-examining the curricula, placing a greater emphasis on active learning, elevating student voices, things like that, they must happen. And with EduMatch, this would allow them to happen because mainly it helps low-income students and first-generation students who are typically silenced with the college application process because most of them do not really know how to go through the process. I feel like it helps them get a voice and it definitely opens more doors for them as well, providing more opportunities and allows them to advance more in their lives which I feel like is something that everybody wants for themselves. Everybody wants to succeed, but some people just don't have those type of opportunities. But with those opportunities, and as as long as they take advantage of those opportunities, then it'll be a great keystone for them. I read somewhere that pandemics historically have forced humans to break with the past and imagine their world anew. And for you, the pandemic was both a time of personal strife as well as empowerment it inspired you toward leadership. Can you talk a bit about the Student Wellness Council at your school, how it started and what it works to achieve? I'd love to talk about the Wellness Council. When it first started, well, it was during last year when I was a sophomore and everybody, you know, COVID, it just shut everybody at home. Everybody was at home doing virtual learning, working from home, et cetera. And you know, being at home, it was different for me because I went through most of my environment or academic environment, being around other people, learning with other people, you know, having the luxury of being able to speak with your teacher face-to-face. Very different over Zoom. Like there's different obstacles. You have to help take care of your family. You have to work, you know, internet issues, different types of things. And around that time, because I was in a new environment, one I was never placed in before. Um, it did lead to me, you know, secluding myself and sequestering myself away from other people. You know, for about two weeks when it first started, I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't do nothing. 
and you know my mom put me in counseling and I was talking to my counselor she could relate to me my counselor couldn't leave because um working from home for her was something that was new as well and so I was like you know what I don't want to sit here and just waste away my room and when I have so much energy that I could turn this negative energy and I could turn it into something positive so once again I had my journal and the journal I was writing in it you know, I'm thinking wellness, wellness, wellness. What can I do with something about wellness? Because I feel like a lot of students are going through this right now. So I, after writing it down, I got on FaceTime with about five or six of my friends. And I was like, look, guys, I have a plan. And I think it'll be really beneficial. And I was reading them my notebook. I read them different key components of the council when it was in its initial stages. And when I first went to go attempt to have it implemented in the school I got shut down <laughs> I got shut down by the principal but I didn't let that stop me I was like you know what there has got to be someone that could go that's higher than him at least and that's what I did I emailed the president of my school's network on common schools we had a phone call back in August for about half an hour I believe and she got back in touch with my principal and eventually got greenlit there were some delays at first I believe it was September 17th, exactly. That's when I got the email that it was greenlit. And, you know, I called my friends, the ones that I was on FaceTime with before, and I was like, guys, 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 this thing is becoming a reality. We got to get started. And so we did. So in essence, the Student Wellness Council is a student-led initiative where me and seven other students, we get together, we come up with different plans revolving around mental wellness, and we implement them, like, you know, we have workshops dedicated to mental health. Like, for instance, we just had a workshop a couple of weeks ago that detailed how to spot mental illness in students. Because, you know, sometimes teach, I feel as if teachers don't get that type of training, really, unless you're like a guidance counselor or something. But I feel as if all students, staff, personnel, whoever, need to know. They need to know how to spot these things in order to help these students better. Because I feel as if there's a stigma around mental health. Why? I don't know. But there's apparently a stigma. You know, students aren't really trustworthy of the counselors. So they don't really feel as if they have anyone to turn to. But I want to let them know that, you know, they have other students who empathize, who knows what they're going through and can help them. Interesting. What was the initial resistance, do you think, from your principal? Why? Why did they not want to green light the idea sooner? Hmm. Honestly, I'm not sure. But if I were to take a guess, I would most likely say because like the plan that I had, I think it was very detailed. You know, I was putting all my ideas out there. I was like, oh, well, if we do it, you know, I'll form partnerships with community-based mental health organizations and I'll do X, Y, and Z. Like, I guess because I was younger than I was now, maybe I wasn't seen as mature enough to take on such a big responsibility and so maybe to avoid possibly having me risk failure in a way maybe that's why it wasn't greenlit before I'm not really sure though Mm, interesting you seem like you are very oriented toward problem solving your journal plays an important role right (laughs) you got to jot down those ideas and then uh, return to them later you know, what, what have you learned about your peers and about yourself through this time of growth and activism? Do you feel like problem solving is really the essence of what you're trying to do? And, you know, what would you say you've learned about yourself and also 
what you want others to know really about your peers and about you and and all of the things that you're trying to achieve? About my peers, I would say that different people handle different things differently. I'm not sure if that makes sense. Hopefully it does, but you know, a lot of people aren't going to experience the same things the same way. You know, people they have different emotional aggressors, different emotional reactors. And I think that needs to be taken into account. You know, that plays a part in everybody's lives. Emotions plays a part in everybody's lives, including mine. And especially in terms of like last year with virtual learning, it was a lot of negative experiences with my peers. For instance, one of my one of my friends um, tried to commit suicide because, you know, they had ADHD and they had bipolar and that I think having those type of things and being secluded when you're used to that social interaction, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for your mental health. And it's just, it's just not, I'm sorry, it's just not good. You know, I think it's better having that face-to-face content, face-to-face interaction, speaking with other people. It's just better. And in terms of myself, I would probably say that I've grown a lot more determined. I've grown a lot more steadfast in my goals. I've learned to not overload myself, mainly because when I first came into high school, I felt as if, you know, I had to be one of like one of those students that, oh, the captain of this team, the captain of that team, debate team, X, Y, Z. I was overloading myself too much and it led to burnout. So in a way, I feel as if that virtual learning last year, it was kind of a blessing in disguise because it helped me reorganize myself and get a lot more things started like EduMatch, like the Wellness Council. And in terms of that, I'm also taking on like different projects like the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Committee. And I'm also in the process of having an HBO documentary film. So I've also learned how to do time management and things of that nature. Wait, what? (laughs) Tell me about the HBO documentary. Yeah, so uh, Chalkbeat published an article back in, I believe it was June 28th. I met with one of the reporters, Miss Carolyn, one of the producers. Her name is Amy Schatz. She was out to me a day after the article was published. We talked over the summer and we started filming in October. She came to meet me about the first week in October. And then we started filming later on like, towards the middle of October. And it's going to take a whole year. And I'm just busy. That's super exciting. Not too many people have that on their resume. Is it related to the pandemic? Is that what the theme of the documentary is all about? It's actually related to the Wellness Council. I think that's what garnered her attention when mm-hmm. I got first published. And she saw that like I had a whole wellness system going on. And that really drew her in. And that was like one of the main things that we talked about over the summer. And yeah, so it's definitely the Wellness Council. I would probably say the pandemic plays a part in it too. But overall, I would say the Wellness Council. Well, I wish you luck with that. And I want to stick on the Wellness Council for just one more minute, because first I want to say I'm so sorry about um, your friend who tried to commit suicide and just all the struggles that you've seen among your peers. What do you feel, is the Wellness Council making a difference? Do you feel as though you're actually making strides within your school community and within your own community to improve the mental health and wellness of other students and um, you know, what would you like to say to students out there who might be struggling? 
I would definitely say that we are making an impact, not only in school, but in our community. I've definitely noticed. And alongside that, a lot of students have came out to me and told me how much, like with the Wellness Council, how much me and mother seven team members who work with me, how much we've helped them. Like we've done things like we helped implement the peer tutoring system because before last year it wasn't really a thing, but we got to meet the principal and we told them, look, the peer tutoring is going to help students. It's going to help their mental health. It's going to help them be motivated. This is something that they need. And which it did, you know, it did help them a lot. And a lot of people have told us that, especially about the peer tutoring system, how much it's helped them. But I would definitely say to a lot of students out there that, you know, someone's door is always open. Don't feel as if you're alone. Don't feel as if you have no one to talk to. You're always going to have someone to talk to. One question I'd like to ask all our guests on Future of the Business World is, if you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? I wish I could change the stigma around mental health. I feel as if, if there wasn't such a negative connotation with people seeking out help, then a lot more people would come forward and a lot more people could be helped, which would avoid a lot of grief, a lot of tumultuous relationships, a lot of negative things. Thank you for that. And now for our lightning round. So we'll end on a little bit of a fun note here. Try to answer these questions as quickly as you can. What is your favorite United Nations Sustainable Development Goal and why? My favorite goal, I'd probably say, is um, educational equity. Because I feel as if, like, you know, like what we talked about before, the disproportionate rates, I feel as if those aren't really addressed by the government. And it's up to students because students are, especially Gen Z, I believe we're called. It's definitely up to us. I've noticed that there's a lot more activism within us. And we're pushing more towards these goals. So I would definitely say educational equity. The soundtrack that inspires your life? Mariah Carey, definitely. Um, (laughs) I will continuously say this no matter what. She's saved me a lot with her music, mainly because she's been through a lot of things herself, like her breakdown in 2001, her family using her for money and things like that. And then she's been sabotaged a lot of times. And then it doesn't help that, you know, she's wrote about her experiences. And I feel as if because she writes her own songs, like I can personally connect to it, knowing that she went through the same thing. In a word or two, what does entrepreneurship mean to you? Entrepreneurship to me means ownership. It means self-ownership. Finish this sentence. Greater educational equity will create a world that... Has a lot of innovative people. Something about you that would surprise us. I dance to Britney Spears. Maybe that won't surprise you guys, So, <laughs> You are the host of a new business talk show. Who do you invite as your first guest? Business? Hmm. I'll probably invite Tyler Perry. Because he has a lot of businesses besides his film studio. I believe he also has a fashion line. I'm not really sure. But I know that he would have a lot to offer um, in terms of gaining and acquiring um, entrepreneurial spirit and energy and information as well. Great. Deshaun, thank you for joining us on Future of the Business World. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that you allowed me to speak to everybody. And thank you. Discover more opportunities for high school students and educators at globalyouth.wharton.upenn.edu.